0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station.
1: The legislation slaps tough economic sanctions on Russia, punishment for its election meddling and its aggression in Ukraine and Syria. It passed overwhelmingly in both the House and Senate, but President Trump taking several days before he signed it into law. The Trump administration viewed the legislation as an impediment to restoring relations with Russia. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson candidly telling reporters Tuesday neither he nor the president were happy about the bill. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. No, the White House is not happy about the bill, but uh, I don't know that they had much choice. This passed the Senate 98-2. I think even in the House of Representatives, there were only three votes against this. Now, it targets Iran and North Korea as well, and, and certainly I think even the White House would agree that those are, are problem spots that need attention. But Russia is uh, obviously a bit of a sore spot for this president, if maybe for no other reason that he doesn't want to cast aspersions on his own victory last year. But I think one can recognize the legitimacy of Trump's victory and also the extent of Russian interference in the election last year. And that interference certainly begs a response from the United States. On top of these other issues that the sanctions address, namely what's going on in Ukraine, Syria, and elsewhere. So what are the need for these sanctions? What's the hope that these will accomplish? And what are the Russians likely to say or do in response? Joining us for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome to the program, Boris Zilberman. he's Deputy Director of Congressional Relations at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, uh, DefendDemocracy.org. Boris, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Thanks, Rob. Thanks
1: for having me on. Um, I mean, the White House aside, there really is tremendous bipartisan support for this. How significant is that?
0: Well, I think that was... Where the president was left with no choice in Congress overall, as you mentioned, you had five votes, So it was pretty clear that it could be overridden, a veto could be overridden. And in fact, I think had he tried to veto it, it would have made him look weak to Putin and Iran and North Korea, seeing as how it would have been overridden.
1: All right. So what was the impetus for this bill in the first place?
0: Look, certainly there's still uh, a lot of momentum uh, with the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, Syria. Uh, but on top of all of that, certainly uh, Russia's cyber activity surrounding uh, the 2016 election here in the United States uh, was a clearly defining and unifying uh, moment for, for most uh, most overwhelmingly uh, of, uh, members of Congress.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and how does this then uh, dovetail with the, the existing sanctions against Russia?
0: Importantly, the, san- uh, the sanctions bill codifies into law executive orders uh, that were signed by uh, President Obama after Russia's illegal invasion of Crimea and eastern Ukraine. Um, and so it codifies those, and then on top of that... It- creates a lot of uh, interesting new sanctions as far as an expansion on sanctions on Russia's energy sector, uh, defense and intelligence sector. Uh, and there's actually some interesting reporting requirements, other requirements that may signal down the line, um, you know, if Russia does not change its behavior on, uh, on Russia's ability to gather sovereign debt and so on, uh, would, you know, there, there are more stakes uh, that could be implemented later on if Russia does not heed
1: was there a need to send a strong message, in your opinion?
0: I certainly think so. Uh, you cannot uh, the type of uh, interference uh, that we saw in twenty sixteen I think certainly crossed a line be- from kind of the typical espionage uh, that that nation states do against each other, uh, and really kind of uh, uh did, you know uh, militarized, not militarized but uh, really kind of made that information and, and used it in a very nefarious way. Um, and so I think that, that's certainly something we have not seen. While we have seen Russian kind of disinformation and propaganda and, and, and different issues throughout, you know, from Soviet times to now, uh, this sort of weaponization of information uh, that they, and these actions that they took in 2016 uh, certainly put things over the top.
1: What is it then when, when we look at what the Russians are trying to accomplish, what their end game is? Um, because obviously they, they must know the risk inherent in, in that kind of a, such a flagrant uh, um, violation of, of U.S. interests. Why, why would they be doing so?
0: Look, I think partially they were, uh, I do not think they expected uh, President Trump to win. I think they were trying to weaken a incoming President Clinton um, and you know, somebody that they clearly did not like and knew that. She was going to have a uh, foreign policy that would not be deferential to them. Um, You know, with President Trump, they didn't know exactly what they were going to get, but they were willing to maybe roll the dice. Uh, Now, I think what they've, the situation they've caused themselves, is now I think they're actually going to get being being dealt a worse hand uh, with a Congress that's unified against them uh, and a president that's now going to have to. you no, know, certainly, certainly not make any amends, and at the end of the day, is probably going to uh, enact more uh, stringent uh, financial measures against them.
1: Well, and like you say, maybe they didn't expect Trump to win, but Trump had pledged to to remove the existing sanctions. Now we we come back with something even tougher.
0: Exactly, exactly. So I think they, they, they I think they bit off a little bit more than they can chew uh, on that one, um, because look, they've they've done disinformation campaigns against. Uh, the united states against europe uh particularly eastern europe and the balkans and so on but they have not you know seen seen that kind of success and i think it was more an attempt to weaken uh weaken clinton than necessarily try to get trump to win uh but now they're they found themselves here and are yet to change their uh behavior and so i think they find themselves actually in a, a interesting predicament uh but at the same time you know they they, they have us as an adversary, and that's domestically important to Putin, especially as he um, is up for re-election in 2018.
1: Right. Well, uh, what's the response likely to be? Already we've seen uh, the Russian government move to um, expel hundreds uh, of American uh, diplomats uh, from Russia. They seized a couple, uh, seized a couple of, of diplomatic properties as well. Are we expecting more?
0: Correct. So and so I think there's some needs to be some clarity on that. So they, they're, quote unquote, kind of kicking out uh, or not allowing 755 employees of the Russian of the U.S. Embassy in Moscow to work there. So most of those people are actually uh, Russian nationals that do clerical Real things. T- janitorial. So actually, as previous Russian countermeasures have been, uh, whether the counter sanctions and agriculture sanctions against European countries, they end up hurting the Russian people the most. So most of the people out of these 725, well, oh, it's an eye-popping number, are not diplomats as you and I think. These are, these are mostly Russian nationals doing uh, the day-to-day nuts and bolts work at the embassy, uh, as opposed to kind of the diplomatic relations that somebody envisions when... Speaking about a diplomat.
1: Right. So, I mean, ideally, what, what do we hope to accomplish here? And how would we know, say, uh, a year or two down the road, whether these sanctions have had the desired impact?
0: Well, so the sanctions are calibrated to, to have impact on the financial um, kind of health of Russia. Since mm-hmm. 2014, since the first round of sanctions and executive orders, certainly Russia's economy has gone down, uh, partially to the sanctions, uh, but predominantly because of. Uh, slumping oil prices, uh, but certainly the sanctions have been a, a, a major contributing factor. Uh, so I think we'll see continued, you know, there's not going to be an upturn in the Russian ec- economy, um, but we, what we're hoping to see, and I think what the, President Trump should be doing is using this, as being a good negotiator that he is, is using this as um, as leverage, you know, and going to the Russians and that you need to implement uh, Minsk II, which they've not done, um, and kind of roll back some of their actions in Syria and so on. And we have, you know, a concrete list of things that we need to see from them um, before we can, you know, talk about any sort of easing of sanctions. I mean, these these are tools to get Russia to change their behavior at the end of the day. The financial measures are to create leverage by impacting their economy to get them to change. And it still is an outstanding question whether they would do that or not at the end of the day.
1: All right, so an important step. More at defenddemocracy.org. Boris, thanks so much for joining us here. Appreciate the insight. Thanks, Rob. All right, take care. Uh, That's Boris Zilberman, Deputy Director of Congressional Relations at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Uh, So an overwhelming consensus. Only three votes against in the House of Representatives. uh, Only two against in the Senate. 98 to 2, the Senate voted in favor of this bill. Uh, So there were more than uh, enough votes there to override any kind of presidential veto. And certainly it seemed as though Trump wanted to veto this. He's not happy about it but has now ended up signing what is the most important and consequential piece of legislation in his presidency, ironically enough. Uh, And there's, I I think, a reluctant concession in the statement from the White House today. Uh, That statement reads, quote, Today I signed into law the Countering America's Adversaries Through Sanctions Act, which enacts new sanctions on Iran, North Korea, and Russia. I favor tough measures to punish and deter bad behavior by the rogue regimes in Tehran and Pyongyang. I also support making it clear that America will not tolerate interference in our democratic process and that we will side with our allies and friends against Russian subversion and destabilization. Well, that's the whole point of these sanctions. 403-974-8255 is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.